Welcome to Event Quest. This is your host, Fortwan, joined by co-host, Darth. How are you doing? Still tired. Yay! <laughs> and Matt, how are you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. Anyways, we're going to do um, set review for Kaldheim, the uh, Norse or Nordic-themed set. Uh, we're going to be talking about our five cards each and then do, give our subjective uh, rating of the card set. Um, and then, yeah. So hopefully uh, you guys enjoy this this set. It's still in the midst of not playing Magic physically for most people. So we'll see how it goes. But hey, you can pick up your pre-release product on Friday. Huzzah. Yeah. I think we're going to do our own little pre-release match between yeah. the two of us and then just be call, done with call it. Call it good for a while. Yep. Not like I have any cards to collect in this set, right? So. No Hydras. Yep. We'll see that reflected in the review. <laughs> 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 um. So yeah, uh, Chance, start us off. What's your, what's your number five? We're going to start with the first of many cards that I'm probably going to say the name wrong. Yeah, I think we all are. These don't have like normal for us enunciations in mind for the spellings. We're probably going to monk some of them up. So the first one is Essica, God of the Tree. Mm -hmm. And it is a modal dual face card with a enchantment on the other side called the Prismatic Bridge. So I'll go through the front face of the card completely, then we'll do the back face of the card, then I'll talk about it. So the front face yeah. is one green green for a legendary creature god. 1-4 with Vigilance. It's a mythic mm -hmm. that matters to people. Has tap colon at one man of any color. And it also has the ability, other legendary creatures you control have Vigilance and tap at one man of any color. I know this world from Canopy to Roots. And you got that little modal dual-faced thing that reminds you on the back. It's an enchantment that cost Wooberg. And that Prismatic Bridge enchantment is a legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature or planeswalker card. Put that card into the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Then it's Starnheim Awaits. So, this definitely feels like we're, we're getting to things like this is, was it Tedrasil? Is the mm -hmm. world tree in the actual mythology? So this is like a I think keeper it's, I think of the Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. Okay. So this is kind of like a keeper of the tree, or magic is very like you can definitely get the feeling like the rainbow bridge. A lot of the artwork, the front and the back, you can kind of see the rainbows swirling. Mm -hmm. And I just like it a lot. It I, I've always had things for five color legends, and it's really neat that the front half of it is mana ramp, that if you have a mostly legendary deck that turns most things into mana ramp. Mm -hmm. And if you have enough mana, the back of it is card advantage. So, mechanically, it's really good. Thematically, I think it's going to be really fun to finally have that card that's you're all in on a god's tribal deck. Yeah. And now, yeah. with the gods in this set that don't have... They don't have indestructibility or, like, great recursion like the ones we've had before, but they're often functional creatures. 
versus some of the other things we've had. So, I do enjoy it. Like, if I was building mini decks, I would definitely consider this one. And it'll be something that I'll probably pursue a uh, showcase art on, because eventually I'll probably build it. But it seems pretty fun. does the things I want to do, and and it's another nod, like kind of that framing that Najila has of, it is a green card, but it's kind of a Wooberg card. So as long as you're able to hit your green mana, you'll probably be fine. I really like the art for these, but I don't like the alternate art. It's kind of weird. It's like the one case where the alternate art just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Especially the prismatic bridge. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess. <clears throat> it looks weird. It makes me think of like a very ancient book. If you're going to get, you know, people are sitting around talking about Eskia and the bridge. Like those mm-hmm. would be the illustrations and the tome that we're looking at. I like because of that. I really like it. Oh, I, I like the theming and the design. It's just the bridge. I have no context that that's a rainbow bridge or anything. It's just like green. It's just that's fair. Like it's bordering having the multicolor border is, is most of it because it's just green and white. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just like showing passage on the bridge. Mm. Kids. To be honest, it looks like a, a, a like some sort of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing going on. <laughs> but what do you think about the card? Let's stop making fun of the art. <laughs> <laughs> I like the enchantment part quite a bit. <clears throat> it's a good way to... We were talking about this the other day. It's a good way to cheat out... Um, Progenitus. Uh, Progenitus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh boy. Here you go. Let's just start dropping these, like, five-color doozies. It feels like a funny way. There's these commander decks that have always been, like, very few creatures and a bunch of polymorph effects, like mono-blue decks that have done that. Yeah. So it's like a five-color way to kind of build that archetype. It's something that might be a little more of a serious take on the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The question that I turned over in my mind when I saw it was, do do you want to replace Joda as the commander in charge of the deck, or would you want this in the 99 of something like a Joda deck where you're kind of playing that Wooberg tribal? I think this just goes in the deck. I can't imagine wanting to give up the combos in those decks when you have like reduced the cost by Wooberg and you're just casting stuff for free. Yeah. I think she does a very good job of making that deck better, front face and back face. Mm-hmm. I just don't, in much in the same, like my big multicolor deck being the Lucky Charms, Mana Dorks are helpful in that deck, but I rely so little on permanents in play that she probably could helm the deck, so there's something not as damning as Ramos running the deck when it's going yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. Okay. Yeah, I see where you're going with it. <clears throat> Man, I just, I can't get over that art. 
<laughs> Next card. That's let how it, you get over let it. it. Let it go, uh, man. Let it go. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, what's your what's your number five? Uh, so my number five. Uh, I think I have to go with Draugr Necromancer. It's a rare mm. black creature. It is a for all you Skyrim four, fans. Yeah, it is a, a four four for three and a black uh, zombie cleric at rare. It is a snow creature, which we we know in this set can can have an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says if a if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die. Exile that card with an ice counter on it instead. You may cast spells from among cards in exile your opponent's control with or your opponent's own with ice counters on them, and you may spend mana from snow sources as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So mm-hmm. this is uh, this is obviously a very unique and I think very powerful uh, reanimator card. And what's what's really cool to me about it is that it is very like it needs almost nothing else to to get itself going other than presumably playing enough snowlands to make sure that you can pay whatever mana cost of of things that you exile with ice counters on them. Right. Sure. And killing um, opponent creatures in some form. Well, I think it becomes a great payoff for a lot of your sack heavy. You know, uh, any commander players who who run. Uh, any of the black sacrifice outlets mm-hmm. uh there's there's the uh the seven drop vampire um and there's a death pact you know you've got all those great dictative Erebos, all those wonderful sack effects where if you can stack even a couple of them you know anytime something dies everybody's losing two or three things you could you can stack this guy up with a lot of targets very very quickly and if you're especially if you're in mono black or or pair black with green which is you know obviously for sacrifice another very popular combination uh Mm -hmm. you can you can crank some stuff out in short order the only downside it, it is a unique take on a reanimator effect and it doesn't really synergize with most other existing reanimator type cards that we have Mm -hmm. and so if you lose it then i mean the plus side is you've exiled a bunch of creatures that your opponents aren't ever going to get back right Um, so you're locking away opponent graveyard decks yeah even the fail case is still not bad by any stretch but the the payoffs could be somewhat limited because he's he's very much is uh self-contained in that way yeah, I, I I get where you're going with that, but I think in in part that's a strength. It's an alternate. So like if you're a grave you're largely a graveyard deck and you slot this guy in, he's a way to keep going when you know, everyone's been, you know, the graveyard's been sealed with like uh that green card, I can't remember its name. Ground seal? Ground seal. Yeah. So if you've got something that turned off your deck, Draugr comes in there and says, "Oh, uh, you know, here's an alternate timeline to to work with yeah that's that's a good point because uh, if you if you kind of show your hand as being a reanimator deck you can bet that the tormod's crypts and the uh the uh, uh oh shoot the land it's getting bad bajookabog commander bajookabog yeah so you know yeah. that those kind of effects are going to get pointed at you first <laughs> and and your opponents are probably going to strip your graveyard and leave it pretty bare so this yeah definitely gives you a a self-contained threat to take advantage of what they lose. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and just just the fact that it's it's blocking things from going to the graveyard hurts a lot of different decks too. 
yeah definitely. not just not just straight straight up graveyard there's also you know flashback and all that kind of stuff too but there's creatures only but creatures have flashbacks sometimes yeah <laughs> i would say one thing i do really enjoy about it is it's a snow card that without snow is okay and just gets mm-hmm. better with the snow aspect and i think that's a yeah. very good place that we're seeing in some of the snow stuff in this set where it's ignoring access to snow they're fine cards and the snow just makes them better whereas i felt like some cards previously maybe they were worried that snow synergies were too easy because they were just basic lands potentially and i feel like they really underballed the card without the snow effect or this is something i'd be happy to get the effect and you know if i just don't happen to have the snow mana to make it work I'm still casting black things from other players or colorless things like yeah yeah i agree it does a lot of work for a four mana four four body with two good creature types yeah two very relevant t- creature types as well Hmm. okay um so uh i guess i'll go with my number five and uh, this is going to be another one where we botch the name because <laughs> uh, uh, Immersturm Predator <laughs> Immersturm Sturm uh, Sturm Immersturm yeah kind of slurm it's, it's, it's kind of like Ermagerd like Immersturm I guess <laughs> Pre- there you go. Predator that was that was uh, much two, Black and red for a 3-3 vampire dragon. Um, I'm not going to lie. I largely picked this because it's a vampire dragon. That's freaking amazing. Uh, I think we only have one other vampire dragon in Magic. I believe so. Vampire dragon. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the aptly named. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know. It's it's actually classified as a zombie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a zombie bird. <laughs> Sorry, old typing. <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so it's flying. Obviously, dragons usually have flying. Uh, and when Immersturm Predator, man, that really helped, actually, uh, becomes tapped, exile up to one target card from a graveyard and put a 1-1 counter on Immersturm Predator. So it's already, uh, the Draugr is already outdoing the dragon just being on the field um because it's not letting things go in the the graveyard some things uh it just says a card um uh, and then another uh line of text sacrifice another creature colon immersturm predator gains indestructible until end of turn period tap it um so that means you get to as long as you have some good um you know stuff to keep this thing alive you can just keep beefing this thing up and just sending it over your opponent's way. And then it just gets stronger. (laughs) So, yeah. There is one really cool synergy with this card that Mm -hmm. maybe you wouldn't want to think if you're only thinking of it as aggressive is you get to exile the card whenever it becomes tapped and sacking to become indestructible taps it. So you have the yes. potential, yeah. as long as you've got sack fodder, to try to fight over a reanimation target an opponent's trying to get, or, mm-hmm. you know, catch a card inside of a combo or something. Like, this, for me, does everything I want in a red-black card. 
it just mm-hmm. screams hate and somehow it kills you. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It getting it indestructible was... feels very color different. Like I don't I don't have that big vibe for red black, but makes it a very good card. Uh, we've seen we've seen several like instances of sorceries in black in the last over the last few years that have given indestructible as a mm. temporary effect. So that yeah. that's starting to feel more like something that black does is is it's not permanent indestructibility but but conditional and usually powered by sacrifice or something else. Yeah, that seems indestructibility fair, yeah. at a cost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that especially if you can combine this, I'm thinking uh, the madness vampire Anya. Uh, a Rakdos deck like that where if you can give this thing any kind of other tap ability even besides the the sacking a creature to it then mm. this this becomes like a, a pretty souped up scavenging ooze mm-hmm. or um, captivating vampire you just keep using it yeah stuff like that yeah um, let me take your things and get rid of your graveyard you're just yes. You're you're saying red black things purely evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the fact yeah. that it doesn't restrict to either your own graveyard or only your opponent's graveyard, you can get rid of anything. So if there's another reanimator deck at the table and you've accidentally thrown something big in your deck before you've got something to put it back in play, you can get rid of it if you're worried your opponent's going to come up with a way to use it against you. Like that, yeah, right. I like that it's a, an unrestricted target. I also mm-hmm. like that if yeah. somehow someone's making things not be able to be indestructible, you're still going to try to snag that extra counter on it to maybe just yeah. live yeah. through the negative negative board wipe. Or... It, yeah, it does just get continuously bigger, and it does that simply by attacking too. Like d- just just by going aggressive with this card, it works. And then you can also do the tricky things with it. Is like this... it's. <laughs> Is this another case of us saying to our the one friend that uh, Brave the Sands just wasn't good enough for the deck? <laughs> Vigilance is bad. <laughs> I'm sure it's great in some decks, but there is there's a situation where we're really trying to get his deck that hardly played any creatures not to play Brave the Sands. Yeah. <laughs> just just didn't see it that being that great. So yeah, that's that's uh that's my my uh number five, the Immersturm Predator. It's such a weird name. But I like the art, <laughs> the the dual fang bottom. Jaw. Yeah, the art is pretty... I think that's a... Uh, no, it's not. It looks... Uh, on passing, it looks like a Wayne Reynolds piece, but it's not. Hmm. No, Nicholas Gregory is the... It looks like the illustrator. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know that one. That person. <laughs> Haven't seen a lot of their art, or recognize it at least, but I like it. So, uh... Number four, Johns. Going for Orvar, <clears throat> the all form. It is three and a blue for a legendary creature shapeshifter, three, three. It has Changeling, so we're seeing Changeling come back. For people who don't remember or don't know, it is just an ability that says this creature is all creature types. When you yep. cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control create a token copy that's a copy of one of those permanents. That's all I need. This card seems great, but there's more. When a spell yeah. well, or an wait, ability there's more. <laughs> an opponent <laughs> controls causes you to discard this card. Create a token that's a copy of target permanent. Yep. So 
it's not as powerful. That line isn't as powerful as I initially thought it was going to be. But I do like this <clears throat> interesting version of multiple copies, like in, you know, not necessarily Commander, have benefit. If you get hit with discard, you'll be like, ho, ho, ho. You're going to regret that mine rot. Throw two of these down and copy your biggest thing twice. Yeah. But <laughs> always had the mono blue group hug deck. You know, a every creature type. Targeting things to make copies of things. You know, it, it is just... It's something that has that very fun feel to it. That, you know, the group hug shell maybe is what lets you get away with it. Instead of it being like, hey, it's turn three and there are 42 Blightsteel Colossus. I think I'll attack now. <laughs> not necessarily that vibe with it but you could even get cheeky with it and do some ramp like someone forces you to discard it and then you're like cool I'm just going to copy your land twice like <laughs> well, I was joking about it, it makes one the one copy but you yeah, know, it's something that's really kind of fun with the you know it's a copy of a permanent so mm -hmm. you can get things like lands or if you have a legendary that has some great die effect, copy it and let the let the original die to get its effect. Like, mm -hmm. it's just one of those cards that I feel like it could cause problems because it has just enough mixture of power. But and the... I'm going to have fun with it, and it's going to be silly things that people don't expect. Yeah. So kind of my deeper concern, because Orvar is, is definitely a very cool and very powerful card, kind of my deeper concern is that we're getting a lot of really good changelings in this set. Mm -hmm. And as as uh, tribal synergies have become more prominent in recent sets, having a lot of really good, just generically good cards like Orvar that also incidentally can literally go in any tribal deck that you want and will benefit from those synergies as well, is a little bit of a concern to me. Sure. I can see that. Yeah, but he, he does have an ask, at least. It's not like you're going to get things for free. Like This this doesn't really fit in the ally deck I have, because, yeah, he'll trigger rally and all that other stuff, yeah. but I don't have a lot of spells in that deck, because it's you know very mostly little guys that get bigger. And, but, and I will say that his effect is unique enough that that not every deck is going to want him. On the other side of that, the Wizards and Nala Wizards Tribal deck, this Oof. is a problem. <laughs> I think the word problem. <laughs> that deck already has a turn one kill, so yeah, I don't know that this changes like the competitive scene of it much. But maybe like you're upping the grown level of the like casual play would be his issue. Yeah, because you already have things that. like bolts and bounce effects and things like that. So, uh, shoot, just a uh, freaking Isochron Scepter because you cast whatever's exiled on it. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I like the original art. Don't like the uh, special art again. <clears throat> I like both. I will say I'll give the nod to the uh, to the regular art over the showcase art for Orvar. 
Mm-hmm. I think the regular art gives a very like clear picture of who he is in his natural form. Whereas I feel mm-hmm. like the showcase art might be him bursting into a different form. Yeah. Because that's yeah, something that. he can it's, do. It's very unc it's very unclear. It's cool looking, but also unclear. I think that's that's my problem with a lot of the showcase art is it's very busy. You know what I mean? I got you. Very... Maybe these will feel different in person. Yeah, maybe. We'll see when you have like 70 of them. Hey now, <laughs> I'm behaving a little more when I can't play. <laughs> All right, so Orvar, the all form. Um, Matt, you're number four. All right, my number four, as I mentioned in the previous episode, my brother is a huge Boros fan, so I'm always on the lookout for good Boros cards for him. And I have for to sure. give some love to Call the Forge Master. Uh, Call the Forge Master for one red and one white is a legendary dwarf warrior at Uncommon. He's a 2 2. Whenever another non token creature you control dies, if it was enchanted or equipped, return it to its owner's hand. Creature tokens you control that are enchanted or equipped get plus one, plus one. So he's a very specific conditional lord for tokens mm-hmm. that are equipped or enchanted. I'm thinking like the living weapons would be a really easy way to turn turn on that side of him, but I think that's kind of the secondary effect. It's very much about a non-token creature that's that's enchanted or equipped, returning it to hand when it dies. So really enabling kind of like a low-to-the-ground aggro strategy by giving it some resilience. Uh, if you can load up some low-cost creatures with cheap and easy-to-equip equipments and auras and then bounce them back to your hand, you can just keep basically smashing your opponents in the face, and it doesn't matter if your little guys are dying. They're coming back to hand. You play them back out the next turn, and you're ready to go again. And mm-hmm. I, I'm these kind of... Uh, in, the, in the last episode, I talked about one of the cards in Commander Legends... Uh, because it was still, even though it was kind of clunky, it was still a form of card advantage in Boros. And yes. Call is very much a form of card advantage that feels true to the colors he represents. And I and I always want to praise Wizards when I see this kind of design, because it shows that they can do it. Like, colors that lack in certain fields, they have the creativity to, to find ways to give those cards, the things that the, those colors, the things that they're lacking without quote-unquote, breaking the color pie. And I think right. Call is a great example of that. Also, I think the showcase His, uh, art really really trumps the uh, the regular art for him. Yeah, I will agree. I, I think... Yes, I'm has, with you on that for sure. Has a Gosh, it looks like issue. a Lord of the Rings poster. Damn. <laughs> has a basic <laughs> issue that I really like the like rainbow material on the basic art of the weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you kind of lose that detail on the weapon. Granted, it yeah, it looks like a Star Wars poster to me. It's fantastic. <laughs> he looks more like a poster than a creature. That's maybe the one drawback is he's not really like front and center the way that you might want him to be. Mm-hmm. But he looks so gentle in his regular art, like he's just like lovingly crafting the sword. And it's like, no, man, give me it's a it's a dwarf warrior. Give me <laughs> Give me some action. <laughs> I just imagine someone just yelling you shall not pass as that card flips over. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. I guess because it is more, I don't know, sword and sorcery looking, I would say Lord of the Rings over Star Wars, but yeah. 
very much here's an amalgamation of people on a poster in various like close-ups and action shots and <laughs> yeah i would say oh, i really man. like for this card that it doesn't necessarily feel like these are two abilities you should care together or maybe even in the same deck it just mm-hmm. he cares about equipped things dying mm-hmm. or yeah if dying doesn't matter because they're tokens they're just bigger like i, I really appreciate you're not locked out from tokens or not tokens. Like if you want to play great creatures that come into play and make tokens, you have reason to equip your tokens. If your synergy body, you know, got killed, like, well, you know, captain, it also, whatever. It also is playing into dwarves, right? So now there's, there's not a lot of support for dwarf tribal, right? So seeing another dwarf is, is good, but then there's also the more popular warrior tribal, and then, like, he fits in, in both of those. And Warriors, you know, this this something like this could give you, like, an extra utility in Warriors that you don't wouldn't normally see. Yeah, Boros Warriors could easily already be a thing. Dwarves were, yeah. were getting closer and closer. The problem is that they haven't really nailed down... What uh, those are. Yeah. They haven't really nailed down what Dwarf Tribal cares about because when mm-hmm. we first got our the first new dwarves that we saw from, you know, excluding the, the very small handful from the olden days of magic were the ones on uh, Kaladesh. And those dwarves cared very much about vehicles and artifacts, mm-hmm. which feels very dwarven. But now, you know, in, in Kaldheim, we're seeing more Equipment. of the warrior, the barbarian, you know, uh, Balthor was, uh, was the only dwarf Lord that we had prior to, and he didn't even really care about dwarves per se. He cared about uh, barbarians. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's getting there. Mm-hmm. But, but the warrior, the warrior side of him, it's a good addition. If nothing yeah, else, a... we can probably say he's he's lifting a lot of weight for being an uncommon. Yeah, that's I think true he's too. Punching above his class. Very true. Very much All like right. a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, moving from dwarfs into gigantic creatures, <laughs> my number four, Coma, the Cosmos Serpent, or just Cosmos Serpent, I guess, uh, is three green, green, blue, blue, for a six, six uh, legendary creature serpent. Um, this is, you know, playing off of the uh, world uh, snake uh, mythology. What's his name again? I always forget it. Jormungandr. Jormungandr. Um, there you go. Um, in, uh, in, in green-blue fashion, this spell can't be countered. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of each upkeep, create a 3-3 blue serpent creature token named Korma's Coil. Uh, and then uh, sacrifice another serpent, colon, choose one. Tap target permanent. Its activated abilities can't be activated this turn. Or Coma Cosmos Serpent gains indestructible until end of turn. So as long as you're pumping out a serpent every turn, you can make this thing either indestructible or tap down something. Uh, and if you pair this with other serpents, you get to do that more. Because it's just a sacrifice trigger. <laughs> like, um, Granted, there's, there's a bit of serpents in... Um, I had a... Um, I had a Kraken Serpent. Uh, what? 
Or, yeah, the Eryxmethes deck. Um, there's some serpents, but serpents uh, of the three that Eryxmethes cared about were the least common. So there's not a lot of serpents to sort of back this up, but it does it in well enough by itself on every upkeep. And that's not your upkeep, that is every upkeep. So in Commander, this is, this is pretty good at both protecting itself and sort of locking someone down if you need to. With really, nasty abilities. When you were reading through it, I think this is my favorite answer to Maze of Ith. <laughs> because it'll tap it. Yeah. And even if they untap it, they can't use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just inert at that point. I felt this card was great, and now I'm reading that ability and realizing it just says permanent, and it's not even saying... <laughs> it's not even locking you out from dunking on mana abilities. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. could be a way to stop some of the, like, untapped Devoted Druid combos. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, this is... remember, you're pretty... allowed to try to tap something that's already tapped. That's true. It doesn't care cost... about whether or not... It doesn't care if it's actually tapped or not. It... Yeah. The Ermager dragon is the same way. Yes. Yeah. Emmersturm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so as, um, as we were saying uh, before we started the episode, uh, Coma was, was a high contender for my list as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's one of the cards where they really, really did a beautiful job capturing the flavor and essence of the real-world mythology that inspired it. Uh, I also, again, applaud the fact that they explored design space beyond simply ramp and card draw for Simic. So <laughs> having a, a unique Simic commander... Uh, that can make his own army and then use that army to, to accomplish very simic kind of things. Uh, and he's resilient, you know, cause you know, the world serpent, you know, very, very tough to kill. So that indestructible flavor, very, very on point, uh, beautiful card. If, if I ever remake that Eryxmethes deck, he's in there 100%. I think yeah. you just it's remake it with this at the helm. It's just better. Yeah, that's true too. Cause Eryxmethes was a, was a fun deck I liked, and it, it often just, just felt like you always got to cast explosive vegetation on curve. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the things in the deck you liked, you didn't like being like casting it on turn three and then actually clunking somebody for twelve on the next turn. You just didn't. You weren't into that, which is fine. Mm. But it makes mm-hmm. me think this would do the job better. I, I think Coma is one of those great creatures that. Uh, just like we were discussing with Dragon Necromancer, he is he is very much self-contained. He doesn't need anything else to do what he's going to do. And mm-hmm. so you could build any of a number of Simic shells around him to support him that may or may not be on flavor. And he can he can either be you know the leader of that big serpent kraken sea monster deck, or he can kind of be a, a foil to some combo shenanigans to slow your opponents down while you're assembling your own combo. Or you can mm-hmm. just do the classic you know semi Simic ramp. Uh, ramp and stomp. Uh, he he doesn't need anything else to 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 do what he does well. Right. Yeah. He's he. Yeah. It doesn't even require other than his initial drop. You know, any mana to keep going. It's just yeah. Need the serpents. But also doesn't feel doesn't feel out of control. And now mm-hmm. maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe after I've sat across the table from him once or twice, I'll feel differently about it. But on the face. He doesn't feel busted. No. No. I will say, 
I enjoy the uh, promo art for this one a lot more. I just wish he was brighter. He looks very toned down. See, the promo art, they went with the kind of realistic snake face, and I'm not as big a fan. Sure. Oh, yeah, I see what you're going. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what serpents are, though. Oh, sure. Kind of. I mean, and, and, and both the arts are good. I'm not, I'm not mm. disparaging either or. Given my preference, I think I like the regular art a little better. I do too. Has I think a much the regular scale. art does a little bit better to show you he's just huge, and he oh, may yeah. not actually have a termination point. Yeah, and you kind of get that feeling with you know he's such a big creature that he's making tokens of himself that are it's him technically, but yeah, it's, it's just than, another. Part I need of more him. than one card to show you how big I am. He's going like Exodia. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's all in one cast. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number four. So down to number three. Uh, Jones. Let me look. Ooh, we're gonna do another word that I can't say. Um, Ermagerd. Uh. This could be. The... It's like Morite of the Frost. M O R I T T E. We're gonna call him. We're gonna call him Mori, because. I am very inconfident in that I'm saying his name right. Anywho, he is two green, blue, blue for a zero, zero legendary snow creature shapeshifter with changeling. (laughs) So he, he is the child who doesn't know who he wants to be when he grows up ever. You may have Mori of the frost enter the battlefield as a copy of a permanent you control Except it's legendary and snow in addition to its other types. And if it's a creature, it enters the battlefield with two additional 1-1 counters on it and has changeling. Uh, you know, this has really reminded me of like some Wendigo stuff, some modern Wendigo interpretations. I'm a little disappointed that he doesn't have the I keep my name clause, but mm-hmm. it feels like a really cool clone to lead your deck that's just doing something. Like, he will be a better version of your elf lord if you're trying to do blue-green elves. He will be, Mm -hmm. you know, a legendary snow gilded lotus (laughs) if you want him to be. (laughs) Like, it's it's another one of those cards, like the the all form. I'm excited for the silly things I can do with it, because I really feel like I can do some silly things with this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a five mana uh, clever impersonator with upside if you copy a creature. Well, seems seems pretty good. You gotta remember, you're only copying your own things. Where a clever impersonator can copy anything in play. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. That's a good point. I don't think and you're, it makes uh, itself. It does make itself bigger though. As long as you're you're copying a dude, like this is something that I'm I'm seeing some very hilarious things. Like you're on five mana. And you have a big spell and you play, you know, something. Like maybe a god in those colors. Wraps around to your turn again. You draw a card and you just, you look, you frown, and you cast this to copy your eye. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the plays that I want to make when I have to, to get reactions out of people. Like, yeah, 
I can play a five mana forest from my command zone if I have to. Like, and I and I think I think the things you pointed out that are missing gives testament to the fact that he's an uncommon. Yeah, and I, I don't grief him for that. It's just something to like keep keep note in my own mind of you know, he's not OG Sakashima. No. He, and, and I th- and I think I was overrating him because of the just kind of the the power of what I was reading in the text without catching the the restrictions and the drawbacks. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be but really I, cool, like having. I think it'd be. Go ahead. Even like a second copy, if because I was going to group hug. If you want something like, ooh, I'm spacing on the name of it. Rights of Flourishing, like mm-hmm. oh god, you could just have yeah. a second Rights of Flourishing regularly. That's legendary and snowy, and mm. and two one one counters on it. Well, you only get the one one counters if it's a if it's a creature. Well, but. if the if the enchantments temporarily, eh, never mind. But <laughs> you know oh, yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be the great play to play it on an enchantment that's temporarily a creature to get the counters, and then it reverts to just being an enchantment. <laughs> Well, but, I was thinking you could do that to a man land. You could say, "Hey, I'm going to have myself a second man land that's bigger." Yeah, I think it's also kind of yeah. funny that you could do, like, I'm thinking like copying the rights of flourishing. Be like, "Hey, did you remember to draw your extra card? Did you remember to draw your extra snow card? Did you play your extra <laughs> snow land this turn?" Just, oh, I'm going to be painful to play with this card. That'd be great. Yeah, because <laughs> they're reminding people of all the group hug effects that they're not allowed to miss. You get to yeah. just add the word snow for no good reason. I and will that's going to trigger people's back of their brain. Snow matters again. Snow matters again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Snow Snow's a big one for this one. Um, I will say that both the original and the um, promo art are great. In fact, I even like the promo art a little bit more on this one. It feels a little more col- colorful. Um, and it's also clearly defined, whereas the other ones don't really feel as well defined. Um, as far as like, you can see what, what Morit, Morite, or Morite, whatever. I think Mori. Chauncey has, I think Chauncey has named him. He's Mori because he's Mori yeah. Povich. Guess what? He, you are the father and he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mori of the frost. There you go. Um, so. But I do like the original one because it it looks a lot more mysterious, whereas the other one looks more, I don't know, threatening. Yeah, like he's taken a form among a pack of deer, too. Yeah. This is my herd. This is my family versus I am on my own. I have not found my place kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both both very good arts. Yeah. And as as we mentioned earlier, like changeling a very relevant type to have if you do copy a creature as part yeah. of any kind of tribal strategy. Well, yeah. he he is a changeling, but he doesn't keep that. He does if he copies a creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yep, and it's a change you're right. Changeling, basically and the last lines. Yeah, yeah, I missed that. Hope I said that when I read so it. So you could turn you could turn a creature that isn't part of your tribal into your tribal. With this yeah. card. Don't know why you would take two cards to do that, but there you go. It's possible. It, <laughs> um, it could okay. be one of those things like you 
you copy an important combo piece to make sure it has the vampire type so Anawan doesn't make you have to sack it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Although you're playing in black, green, blue. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, seeing things across the table. Hey, look, uh... it's a vampire. I don't have to sack it. Oh, that's true, because it's a changeling. Gotcha. Yeah, I see. Okay. Um, so, Matt, you're number three. All right. So, my number three, I went with Torolf, God of Fury. Um, I have kind of mixed feelings about the gods in this set, because I I really I love the original Theros gods, and I really liked when we got the Amonkhet gods, how they were able to change them mechanically. They didn't just give them indestructible, but they still gave them some resiliency, and they gave them something, you know, um, that still made them feel godlike. So, granted, it is fitting in Norse mythology. We have gods that are very mortal that can die, um, mm-hmm. and so they don't have that. But when when I when we talked about like coma and really hitting the flavor on the head, and I think Torolf as as their version of Thor, having him and his hammer. As a modal, you know, he's a modal dual face card. Uh, for mm-hmm. two, the face card is two and two red for Torolf, God of Fury, legendary creature god at mythic rare. He's a five four with trample, and whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess non combat damage, Torolf deals damage equal to the excess to any other than that permanent. And mm-hmm. so. The reverse side, Torolf's Hammer for one and a red, legendary artifact equipment, also, of course, at Mythic Rare. Uh, equipped creature has pay one and a red, tap, unattached Torolf's Hammer. It deals three damage to any target. Return Torolf's Hammer to its owner's hand. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus zero, as long as it's legendary, and it costs one and a red to equip. Um, so to really, they really hit it out of the park capturing that Thor flavor. So you cast the hammer, attach it to something small, you can throw the hammer, and then it comes back to hand, and then you can replay it as Torolf, and you basically never have wasted damage ever again. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think one of the combos that's been discussed is the horrific things that Torolf does if you cast Blasphemous Act. Yeah. Because (laughs) you'll deal 13 damage to everything, strong chance that you won't need 13 damage to kill most things, and then all that excess can go straight to the dome. Uh, It's a really beautiful design, you know, super red flavor. Um, And again, the the synergy between the two faces of the card is just really on point. Mm Mm-hmm. And also Um, worth mentioning, the, uh, the showcase art really outshines on this one. I agree. Yeah, the showcase art on this is much better. Uh, you not really that the... appreciate the the skeleton getting zapped all the kingdom come. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and I like just the design of the hammer on the showcase too more than yeah. It doesn't look bad. Uh, I will say it's just better on the showcase. Um, no, again, but both both arts are excellent. This is just purely personal preference. Yeah. Um. I will say that um, uh, Chance asked me, uh, the, uh, he, he was looking at the spoiler where we were heading back from work the other day in the car, and um, he told sort of read off what the card does to me, and he's like, okay, so 
what do you do with this? And then, of course, he came up with the blasphemous act, right? My first yeah. answer was a hilariously large Chandra's ignition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my personal favorite answer is the damage doublers and one lightning bolt can become someone's death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you hit, have to remember you one white weenie deck and it's just done. Oh, and you kill somebody else because you can turn one lightning bolt into wiping their whole board. Because you bolt the 1-1, you try to deal 3, your enchantment says no deal 6, you overkilled by 5, and it's effect damage, so it's allowed to be doubled by the enchantment again because it's a new instance of damage. So then you got 10 damage knocking down the 2-3, then you got 7, and so forth, and this, like, bouncing bolt of fire spreading through their field. They're like... And now you're going to kill me? No, why would I need to kill you? You're not a problem anymore. 87,000 to him. <laughs> or whatever number it ends up being. I doubt it'll be that much often. But yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. I really like the flavor. I, I also really like the feeling that I get out of these cards of in standard, not that I play anymore. If I'm playing Torolf, I can cast the first one, have a threat in play. The second one comes up, hammer time. Equip, attack, do my thing, you know, have it equipped, maybe not to Torolf himself. And my Torolf dies. Well, equip the hammer, toss it, he back in my hand, put him back in play. Like, mm-hmm. the design of these cards not having the indestructible, but also feeling like the doubles never being dead is really, yeah. really high in my mind. Yeah. Like, there's a few of them, like the... Uh, gods that have legendaries on the other side like this is also another legendary like you'll get griefed by the third one but it happens anyway so I just like this idea of you kind of want both halves at once so you you're happy to have two i really like that design for these double-sided cards absolutely hmm. okay uh so we will do my number three um so it is Saurulf Realm Eater 1 and a black green for a 3-3 wolf. This is basically the reskin of Fenrir. Um, whenever a permanent and opponent controls is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on Saurulf Realm Eater. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Saurulf has one or more 1-1 counters on it, you may remove all of them. If you do Exile... Each other non-land permanent with converted mana costs less than or equal to the number of counters removed this way. He's a board wipe. <laughs> a continuous board wipe on a stick. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> now granted, it takes a long time to charge up to any meaningful impact. But, I mean... Uh, if you're up against a white weenies deck, it's not a... It's not a not a lot that's for sure oh i think uh i think uh um shoot i think atraxa would would beg to differ with you <laughs> uh yeah, i, I get there quickly <laughs> i i think yeah. there's more than enough support and plus one plus one counters that getting him big oh, yeah. fast and doing it multiple times a game would not be that difficult no um, yeah for sure yeah, he's, he's a bad he's a bad pupper. That's for sure. Yeah, um, if it wasn't black, I would have totally put it in the uh, wolf tribal I had. It was a green white deck though. 
so it wouldn't have been able to put in there. But that deck needed some sort of like utility that this has. So I'm yeah. I'm glad to see <clears throat> some wolf tribal coming up with some stuff. The only problem is both of the, in my opinion, the good commanders, aside from this one, this one kind of does it, um, were green white. So. Yeah, the the heaviest concentration of wolves are in Naya colors between green, white, and red. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a few in black, like some of the some we of the Garricks obviously deal with with green, black wolf tokens. Um, I would love if we hit a critical mass of wolves. I would love to build that deck. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited about this card um, just from a flavor standpoint, and then also. I'm not really a big fan of board wipes or, you know, this kind of like just hit everybody kind of thing. So that feels to me a little oppressive, but um, I don't think this one's entirely out of control. You do have to build up and support it to get to that place because it isn't just his power. You can't do tricks like that. It is the amount of one, one counters to converted mana cost. So the fact that he exiles though mm. is mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, that is mean. What is it? Increasing savagery. Yeah, that's ten counters mm-hmm. when you flash it back. So, yep. <laughs> if you're True. not if you're not pretending, if you're admitting to yourself and to the world that you are the bad guy, like he will make things go bye bye very easily. I, th- I think as long as there's not like a four or five drop enchantment that doubles counters or anything stupid like that. I don't think it'll no. get out of control. Yeah, it's not like there's a new three drop that does it either, or <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, it's pretty tame. <laughs> or, or, uh... It gets or, rid of them, you know, though, is the only big issue. You don't get do like, that? You don't get to, like, choose something to save. Like, it, it will get rid of no. you the season the first it'll time. it'll hit... It'll hit all of it, um, but it does leave you an added advantage because he doesn't exile himself. So, this, yeah. To me, this is going to feel like my original jokes about uh, Leovold. How do you win three damage at a time? <laughs> 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 yeah. Nothing else will really be happening, but I will get there. You wait twenty-one turns. This game will be over. Yeah. I mean this. Yeah. This is another we one. We also where got I, another card coming that will aid this too. <laughs> um, I think my next card, in fact, um, mm-hmm. this is another one where I think I prefer the regular art to the showcase or the specialty or whatever. I realize showcase. there's mm-hmm. different ones. There's the what they call showcase. Yeah, it looks a lot more menacing in the original. That's for sure with the red eyes and everything. But yeah. um, I I do like the showcase one because it is. Um, it does give that it, it is clear. That's my big thing is, is, you know, the action or whatever they're trying to portray is very clear in it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's sort of sort of like showing basically what I would assume is that exile ability happening. Like it's running through some sort of shadow realm and you can see people getting blasted away and stuff and yeah or whatever they're in an ocean i guess or in water i don't know what whatever it is he's busting through trees on the riverbank i think yeah it, it it shows its power but um it does certainly look a lot more menacing especially with all the spears and stuff stuck in it in the original art mm-hmm. the thing that i'm thinking is really weird about the original art is there's like does he have like rainbow stockings on 
Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that that's symbolizing the, uh, the cord that they bound him with. Gotcha. And it's probably made out of similar stuff to what that, what the, uh, the, the sword, you know, you've got the prismatic bridge and you've got the, mm-hmm. the tie right sword. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. say it's probably that same material that they bound him with. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, another ode to the original Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, Which is cool. Really makes me think oh, he's yeah. got colorful stockings on. Like he's just relaxing <laughs> right now. Or he has the rotten luck of being known by those people that like put costumes on their dogs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I only put sweaters on Blinky because she gets cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, small. <laughs> so yeah, that's my uh, number three. So number two, Chance. Mm. The chance is not zero to mess up this name. Here we are. I'm going to say it's Svela Ice Shaper. It's one red green for a 2 4 legendary snow creature, Troll Warrior. You you like these snow creatures today. I've only picked two so far. Well, I mostly. Anyway. Uh, he has mm-hmm. two abilities three, comma, tap, colon. Create a colorless snow artifact token named Icy Manolith with tap colon add one mana of any color. It also hmm. has six red green tap colon. Look at the top four mm-hmm. cards of your library. You may cast a spell from among them without paying its mana cost. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. It yep. just seems so interesting. It in your command zone or in a deck, it is. Hey, are you Add willing to play common. the are you willing to play the card Manolith? How would you like to be able to keep making them? <laughs> like his his bottom ability is probably something that will put him power above what I'd ever build it. Being able to cast a few things and he doesn't make you shuffle, which is another kind of important thing. It's like we've seen yeah. very powerful casting from the top effects and when yeah. they don't make you shuffle first, you can do some dirty things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Sylvan Library is probably in this deck by most people, so you can keep floating that one card that you don't want to pay the cost for, or you want to get to pay more, or, you know, pay zero. You know, there's there's interesting things, and I just like this idea as a self-achievement deck. Yeah. Can Mm -hmm. I... What is... I'm always going for the high score. The most snowy, icy mantelist I've ever made. Like, <laughs> I I do vaguely remember there's some things that care about just generic artifacts. Like, you, you can play the dragon that says, look, I have 20 artifacts, I win. And there's also things that, like, let all artifacts have. You can tap two of them to deal one damage. I think there's something like that. Yeah, that sounds and, right. And, uh... It could do things, but I'm just really interested in... You know, we got seven icy mount monoliths. Kind of, <laughs> kind of spacing on the name. They just reprinted it in Commander Legends. It's a, it's a very expensive card. It's, it's a staff and it has a ton of abilities. It's like staff of domination. Yes. Yeah. Because like you can pay, tap it and pay to untap something. So, you know, once you get enough mana, you can be making a few every turn. And maybe the win condition for this in my deep dark heart is Comet Storm. You just get enough mana (laughs) that you can just pay. 
Let's see. I I think Zvella it forms a natural pairing with um. There's the other troll. That's red green. From Lorwyn, that you tap to add four to cast X spells. The name mm-hmm. escapes me right off it the top of my head. It is a giant, but yeah, it's uh, ah. You're right. It is a giant. I actually have that deck. I'm kind of spacing on her name too. She's it's Ro- funny because she's legendary. Yeah, Roshin Meanderer. But the uh, the name doesn't really reflect like a a legendary creature in my mind. But it is legendary. And mm-hmm. I think those two, especially on on curve at a three drop and a four drop, I think those would play well together. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Roshin the deck is is basically. I'm gonna tap out and fireball you every turn. <laughs> it does some silly things. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it it's really fun. I like. I guess it does make a snow artifact like potential payoff. Like maybe mm-hmm. we're trying to get somewhere silly about having enough snow things in the play, and I do I do really appreciate that we're see, you know we're seeing this set. Snow is a major theme. We had what was it? Modern Horizons was the first introduction of new snow stuff for, for a long time. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be irrelevant long term. We'll, we'll get snow things again probably. Maybe not super soon, but eventually there might be something that says. At the beginning of up, your upkeep, if you control at least 10 permanents and every permanent you control is a snow permanent, you win the game. Like, maybe we'll see something like that someday. And this is, you know, your cop-out to being able to have mana rocks that yeah. have that win condition playable, given it's possible in the co- those colors as far as commander's concerned. But yeah. it does a lot of things. I'm, I'm liking it. It has a fun thing. I can spin my wheels. I can play... You know, when I'm playing with certain people that it, it feels like child abuse to play my decks against them, or if it's people that are always <laughs> too serious, it's something to do that you can have a lot of fun with. Just to, the spinning the wheels of the deck, I think, would be very fun, and sometimes you win, sometimes you get killed, and hopefully you never get mana screwed on a thing that makes mana. <laughs> that would be the Yeah, hope. I mean, in a red-green deck, that doesn't necessarily need a lot of ramp, because, I mean, it's got green, right? Um, this is a good mana fixer by itself. You get the three mana, and you're just pumping out mana. Every, you know, eventually, you're just like yeah. You could uh, just pretend it, like from turn three forward, you just always pretend you're three turns behind mana wise, because you're just always going to make another. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, but then you know you're. You're you're basically playing the slow game until you can start, you know, casting some huge stuff. So, which Maybe this I would mean, be a, like a very hilariously sneaky good storm deck because you'll mm-hmm. have the mana to do what you need to do when it comes time. Like, I'll be honest, I've always kind of looked for something that I felt like I could make a really fun dragon storm deck with. Mm-hmm. This could do it. This could help at least. Yeah. Um. One one thing I'll be curious to see in the sets to come is, mm-hmm. like you said, where this set has kind of brought a whole lot of new snow toys, and there's there's now such a uh, plethora of snow payoffs. I think we're 
like how we had the Eldrazi winter after Battle for Zendikar, I think we're actually going to head into the snow winter, which is very appropriate, where I think we're going to go through a phase where virtually everybody runs snow stuff because mm-hmm. there's almost no, I mean, there's no downside. There's well, only there possible. Is, there is a downside. Yeah. There is one of the white gods makes, I don't know if it's just Snowlands, but at least it makes Snowlands come into play tapped. Uh, but I don't think that's enough. I mean, no one's playing white anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Gotta, I mean, gotta remember, yeah. stuff isn't balanced, balanced too much for Commander anymore. Like, this is, we did yeah. have our year of Commander. It was obviously a big focus. But, you know, mm-hmm. when they do certain things, they're, all, they're trying to think about the livelihood of standard mostly in yeah. the limited environment. So, making your basic lands come into play tapped that you're playing for synergy, it's a, it's a big yeah. punch in the face. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. But okay. I still think eventually we have to see s- some future cards that are going to balance out the benefits, especially to, like, non-standard formats that Snow brings. Oh, I'm I'm guessing we'll get, like, a commander set that'll bring... Like, here's where we gave the Eternal formats their balance to Snow. Um, there's an anti-Snow deck. <laughs> One of the cards is the Big Melt. Destroy all Snow yeah. permanents. <laughs> like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just called spring. <laughs> doesn't doesn't even have to be super epic. It's just like it's springtime and everyone's like shit. No. <laughs> oh man. No. Uh, um. Okay. So uh, Matt, what's your number two? All right. For my number two, I went there. I'm gonna be that guy. Uh, I picked Vorinclex Monstrous Raider, uh, the returning Praetor from New Phyrexia. Uh, I so I partially picked Vorinclex because his existence to me is a promise of a cycle yet to be completed. I I am super stoked for new versions of all the Praetors, and I would assume, based on our popularity, I won't be surprised if we get a new Atraxa either. Uh, I I don't really care about a new Atraxa, um, but a new cycle of Praetors very much in favor of. Uh, so that was part of my logic and then two they you know they kept the flavor where he's a big boon to what you're doing but he also really hampers your opponent's game plan they managed to tone down the salt factor because unbeknownst to me I guess a lot of people really despise the original Vorinclex yeah. Uh, I happen to love him. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> banned in a lot of uh, casualties. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, for me, for what for what the original Vorinclex cost, by the time you get him out, you you deserve that. Uh, sure, but that's just me. So happy to see him back. Uh, he is a for for four generic and two green Vorinclex Monstrous Raider is a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Uh, mythic rare he has trample and haste for a 6-6 body if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead if an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player they put half that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead rounded down, which means things like hardened scales, uh, winding constrictor. You're you're just cutting people off at the knees. They're they're not going to be getting those easy um, mm-hmm. count, counter doublings. Even a even proliferate is not going to do. In a lot of cases, is not going to do what it's supposed to. 
Um, actually, mm-hmm. in every case, it, it, does that does that just turn off proliferate for your enemies? Yeah. Yeah, because yep. they only put one more of each kind, so then you round that down to nothing. Uh, so yep. a very a very powerful effect, but I but I like that it also targets some of the more uh, shenanigans focused. Yeah. Y- yeah, like you. I mean, I, I'm I'm one of those players. I, I really don't care to go up against super friends decks. I find them super unfun. Uh, yeah, so super annoying. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So having having a card that really kind of dampens their game plan. In this case, certain certain planeswalkers don't even gain loyalty when you activate their abilities anymore, and that's phenomenal. A lot of them don't. A lot of them. I don't, don't know <laughs> if it interacts yeah. with it on that realm because original doubling season doesn't change. Oh, you're right because it's, it's like it, paying a cost, and it's, you're paying it's a just cost. Just thought of differently. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for a judge to rule in on that. Uh, but still, there there's also a lot of decks that well, not that bolster was a busted mechanic, but this essentially kills bolster. Uh, mm-hmm. Outlast, yeah, Outlast. <laughs> it, it turns it turns off evolve. Yep. Um, the the, the I think the, the big get that it has that we've not said yet that's actually very new is. It's the those Phyrexian... kinds of counters rounded down. Oh, that that matters too. Oh, okay. But your opponents can't have ability counters. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're going to round down their one flying counter to zero flying counters. Like You're right. Unless they're like, going to somehow burn an effect to place twice as many flying counters on their, on their creature. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, the, the other big thing there is uh, it has the creature type Phyrexian. Yep, which we have never seen before, brand new. Now, and thanks to all the changelings in the sets, we have a bunch of new Phyrexians. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will, I will say this: the thing I thought when when we were, you know, when you were reading this over, because I mean, I've lo- definitely looked at this card, but um, reading it over again, what about poison counters? Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely impacts that, and we have that through the new uncommon. Um, it was one of my alternates was Finn the Fangbearer, who has brought poison yeah. counters back. So this will this will essentially, uh, if you have an opponent trying to get through with like incremental infect, this can really slow it down. Um, you know, or make it not then, possible. <laughs> yeah, and then conversely, if infect is your game plan, this is definitely a big enabler. What was the one that I had that was a five three? Putrefax. Uh. Putrefax. Yeah, pu- this turns on Putrefax in a big way. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, like, it's another, hey, do you want to have a deck that Putrefax one-shots people? Here's another deck. Xenagos has buddies again. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this would have gone, I mean, if we get an extra copy of this, this is definitely going in the Gyrus deck. Well, it does. I did order this one. Does. Because there is a oh, extra. Oh, the Phyrexian script? Yeah, yeah, there's a Phyrexian oh script gosh. version of this. I it ordered is that. Beautiful. It it uh I don't always go for the mess bling, but a friend that's a judge happened to get a hold of the uh Elishnor yeah. and Phyrexian and I got that off of him. Yep. Uh-huh. And from Jumpstart I got the Phyrexian Swamp. Oh nice. So this so he's making a Phyrexian of, collection. This kind yeah. of is like, well, I want it. 
I would spend a lot of money digging for it, so I just ordered one. And like sixty bucks seemed high-ish. That's probably not bad for what it'll be three years from now. I think you're fine. But uh, it is a card I'm hap- I'm gonna happily have, and I think just like my my War of the Spark Japanese alternate art planeswalkers, I will put it in a commander deck, and we will have to Google it. Yeah, <laughs> specific wording <laughs> is important. Yeah, that like, is the downside. Like LX Norns text is so simple that you don't need to need to be able to translate it. Whereas Vorinclex, especially if you're playing with anybody who's not familiar with him, you're going to have to be able to tell him what he does. The one I've gotten in trouble for the most has been uh, the three drop to fairy and more of the spark playing with Ew. the alt art Japanese one because Ew. it says something like all of your opponents have to do everything at sorcery speed. Shame on you. <laughs> Should never play that mm-hmm. to fairy. But uh, I also have the, the what is her name? Liliana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, for Vorinclex, Showcase versus Standard, this is one that's a tough call. That I think they're both amazing arts. I think I give a slight nod to the Showcase just because it is, it is very metal in a set that, that has kind of embraced the metal theme. It definitely has that vibe. But There is both, a third art. There is a third art? Yeah, he does have a Showcase art that is got that same framing that everything else has. If you go to the the landing page for the Kaldheim and you scroll down, you can see it. Mm. Right by okay. Toral Sammer. And he's very much looks like a starved, slightly starved feral creature like tearing some meat oh, out of his mouth. Oh, dude, that's freaking awesome. I love yeah, that. The, it is good. That's that's what I was calling the showcase. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, I thought you meant you were just talking about the... Because the Phyrexian script one is... It's a little different, but it's the normal art. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little art, framing it's, different. Is it, is it borderless, probably? No, no, it's got a different border. That's it. Ah. It's got a different border. Okay. okay, I gotcha. Yeah. No, I'm actually now that I actually saw the showcase art that you're talking about, Matt. This is I love the showcase art. Yeah, Damn, it's great. I would love to have that. It's really good. That is, that is metal as fuck. <laughs> but again, also extremely enthused for a fresh cycle of Praetors yet to come. Yeah, like mm-hmm. maybe that'll be something we will get to see in these sets this year. We'll get to see. Um, Shieldred. I can't think of the names. Jin Jin maybe show up in Strixhaven. Maybe we'll get to see Urabrask in the Forgotten Realm set. That's possible. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the crossover the, we didn't know we wanted. I think the I always thought that the lore suggested that Urabrask got killed though, because that's why Atraxa is only four colors and not all five, because Urabrask was not part. Of the con, you know, of the of the uh, agreement between the other Praetors. I'm not super sure. It's just always been he's been very. He's not as racist as the others. Like he just <laughs> comparatively. Like, yeah, so maybe it was just the he is about freedom and working with the other people is was. Yeah. I just thought it was too unsavory of a thought. Not not that he died. Maybe he did. Urbrask is my favorite unsung Praetor, though. A really, really mm. great effect on a card. 
I think it's the only time we've ever been like, what's the opposite of haste? Not having haste? Oh, that. (laughs) (laughs) Tapped. Everybody enters tapped. (laughs) No haste for you. But I have haste. That one's rough to deal with, though. Like, if (laughs) if you like to play aggressive decks like I do, that one's just like... Oh, thanks. You just turned off my whole strategy. Cool. You just really got to hope that nobody has some way to have that and have stasis to be like, all your stuff comes into play tapped. It never untaps. And, and yet, uh, mm-hmm. and yet it's still the gentlest of the five. I mean, mm-hmm. Shieldred, you, everybody sacks something and you get to reanimate something every turn. Uh, I don't know. Just turns off token strategies and shrinks other threats. Jingataxius is, oh my God, Jin. Gitaxius. It is it awful. I think is kind of mild in, in actual function because you have the ability to have no max hand size and it just says reduced by seven. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Like it's rough. At times but if you, someone gets the Hail Mary turn one reanimate of it, yeah, you're boned. But Well, I'm just saying so the first time I ever came across Jingataxius when I was first learning magic. And I did not, I don't think I had a maximum hand size effect. I did not have a reliquary tower or anything else that could possibly overcome that. Mm-hmm. And because he wasn't a common enough card, especially at that time, to expect, like, you don't sit down at the table and it's like, someone's going to drop a Jenga Taxis at some point. I better be ready. I better mm-hmm. have some maximum hand size shit ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, all the Praetors are rough. It's just the the one that, if you play Rail Carry Tower because you like the card, it happens to counter the downside. Like mm, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you just have to remember was it they draw seven cards at their end step or something silly. Like maybe you just go, well, that's enough. It doesn't need effort. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, for my number two, uh, in search of greatness, which is just green, green for an enchantment. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a permanent spell from your hand with converted mana cost equal to one plus the highest converted mana co- uh, uh, cost among other permanents you control without paying its mana cost. If you don't, scry one. It is a solid enchantment for two green that you can just put down early and just start dropping stuff out of your hand. And you don't have to. It's a may. And... <laughs> You can just say, I'm going to scry one instead. Like, pretty good. Pretty good utilitarian stuff for the stuff I would normally play, uh, where you normally just want to be dropping big things, and it's like, you know what? I don't have to. I'm just going to drop it on upkeep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep the mana up for once. Like, um, stuff like that. Where you, like, it, 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 and, you know, in in my strategies, like, I would almost put this in, like, nearly every deck I play, honestly, just because of the way it turns on the ability to... I normally don't have a lot of ability to react because I tend to tap out playing stuff. I know that's bad play, but, like, this gives me more options to use mana for other things, like abilities or, you know, spells or that kind of stuff. And granted, yeah, it's it's hinging on one enchantment that I may not get in a 100-card deck for commander that I normally play, but, like... The appeal of this card is very high for me because <laughs> it works really... in both Gyrus and um, my other deck. I'm gonna say it's a really nice soft pillow for getting land screwed. Like mm-hmm. as long as you have a curve of things in your hand that kind of makes sense and they're not getting destroyed, you can just like mm-hmm. you try to try to suffer that feels, through. Yeah, that feels kind of like the fair version of it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it feels very strong on first read. I guess time will tell if it's as bad. Well, yeah. the, th- the thing that I can see happening with this is, if you're not familiar with the suspend card, Gregor, Greater Gargadon is like a nine drop, I want to <laughs> say, that suspends for a red. Yep. But it suspends for nine turns, I think. But it lets you sack a permanent to remove a counter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of have an opening to do Greater Gargadon shenanigans with this, sack everything that's not this, and the same turn that Gargadon, you know, Gargadon comes into play, your next turn, you know, maybe you do that on their end step or something. I think yeah. suspend lets you cheat timing with it being a creature. Uh, I think this, or sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, then you're like, okay, 10 drop time. Maybe it's turn four. Maybe it's... <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that the same thing applies to, like, Demon of Death's Gate. A- anything mm-hmm. that has a higher CMC that has any possibility of cheating it out ahead of curve. Oh, and yeah. It, it doesn't even matter if it's something... I think about... Uh, uh, even go back to like the raid cards from cons that let you raid for a cheaper cost, but it still has that CMC. You raid mm-hmm. it out, drop something bigger on top. Well, it's upkeep, so that's that's a little bit better balanced. Yeah, yeah, because it has to stay. That's that's yeah. the well, thing. Also, it has to be there on the upkeep. There's also the surge cards. You know, this is going to let you cast a card to potentially get that surge benefit. Mm. The one set that had the. If you've cast another spell, yay, kind of effect. It, it does say cast. That's gnarly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so it's get... it's a really good card for a really low price, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think and if you delete everything else... If you don't want to do something with it, you get to scry. Like, I think if you delete yeah. everything else and say, green, green, front enchantment, scry one on your upkeep, passable. I mean that's a that's a blue effect. <laughs> yeah. We have we have Hedron Crab that lets us do that for one. <laughs> or uh is it not not Hedron Crab? Uh we got the starfish. Sig- you just tap it. Sigiled starfish. Yeah. 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 I think so, that's a one it, in the blue though, isn't it? Or yeah, it's it a two dr- it's a two drop, one in a blue. Okay. Yeah, so it's a slightly a slightly less awkward in the appropriate color. But I don't know, like green, we why can't green scry? It can. It does right now. Right there. Well, it does it with some other cards, too. I mean, there's... That's just less common. That's what I'm saying. Like, green can scry, green can draw cards, green can, you know, do everything. Oh, it slices and dices. I get get where we are now. (laughs) Green is the best. Yeah, but wait... It's just the simple fact. When it's green, but wait, there's more. (laughs) It's a 6-6 with trample. It's uncounterable. (laughs) It lets you draw (laughs) cards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it also kills your whole family what <laughs> target opponent loses unless they give you the keys to their car like, what yeah it's a sack AT outlet anymore. it's a sack outlet it's a mana rock it's green <laughs> yeah um i will say I, I enjoy the art for this one uh it showcases it's like hey buddy come on in like the yeah. little guy bringing the wolf in um it's another card that's going to have some heavy consideration in all of my decks. All of them. Because I always play green, so. Except for that one Markov deck I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's my number two. So, number one, Chance. I have a land. 
is Tyrite Sanctum. It is just a land. It has no type. It's a rare. It comes into play untapped, normally. Uh, normally. Tap colon, add webdings, colorless mana, symbol. Uh, two, tap it colon, target legendary creature becomes a god in addition to its other types. Put a 1-1 counter on it. <laughs> we'll circle back to that. Pay for, tap, sacrifice, Tyrite Sanctum. Put an indestructible counter on target god. Yeah. So, in this deck that Essica, you know, Rainbow Bridge Lady, is turning all your guys into dorks, and you're just playing maybe some other legendaries because they're mana dorks, and they're slightly better because they're vigilance mana dorks with her than just like a wood elves or whatever later on. Now you can start making them all gods and growing them. But. Yeah. I think it does some dangerous things that feel very glossed over by the simplicity of the art, which I really like. It's like this glowing pool with this stuff swirling around a crystal. Yeah. But it says, target legendary creature becomes a god in addition to its other types. Put a 1-1 counter on it. I don't think there's any restriction of just doing that over and over again to the same target. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So... We've got a land that can, through six mana and two tap phases, make some make another legendary creature a god and indestructible. Mm-hmm. Continually grow something, or you could harass the table and grow other people's things. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. I mean, only, you, only you would think of that. My yeah. mana base dunks on combat math. Thank you. Like, I am excited for getting somebody. Because it will happen. The first time playing here will replay. It will happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Com- I will tell somebody, trust me, block. And I will use a land that I played on turn one to screw up combat math. Like, and you can do put the indestructible on someone else's thing. Because, you know... Sometimes winning is making someone else grow, not necessarily winning the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm, I'm excited. Like this is this is definitely the kind of land I would have hoped to have seen earlier in the, like the inception of gods and like something that interacted with gods. But I, this feels more realmed here. You know, someone can ascend to godhood, and you know, sacrifice this great relic to make themselves indestructible. Like, this is funny. Yeah. We can and play this in Vorinclex, make him a god, and make him indestructible. There's a... Uh, and nothing keeping you from uh, using Crucible of Worlds or uh, any any other number of shenanigans to play lands out of this and Moldrotha turns Moldrotha into an indestructible god that you can then recur this and turn your other stuff into gods every turn. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the first time I read it, I missed that the god uh, sub super type doesn't fall off at end of turn. It's permanent. Yeah, and it stays. <laughs> now yeah. that might that's gonna be one of those things that I think it'll be functionally a little little different to keep track of. Like yeah. maybe you'll have to have some laminated tags that say and God or God plus or something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is a god now. <laughs> and 
and maybe you'd want to have a little more on there to go like in parentheses, not a token, not a counter or something like that. Because it's just yeah. a state of being. So that'll be one of those things. Over webcam, I think it's going to be a nightmare because me remembering who I've done it to, playing with people not in person, remembering who what it's happened to. Oh gosh, it's going to yeah, get fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And knowing I'm going to be trolly with it on purpose, it's gonna be fuzzy. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be bad. But you know, 42 years from now, when we're playing for the first time in person, it'll be fun. <laughs> 42, dang! I'm just picking a bad number because I'd like to say later this year, but I don't know if that's possible or not. I'm not a health professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay and, um okay i was gonna say and kind of a side note i think when we're done with our list there's uh some other lands we should just mention at least briefly agreed sure. agreed uh speaking of which uh your your number one matt uh so before i give my number one i do want to caveat that i i went back and forth on choosing turgrid god of fright um mm-hmm. Obviously, as someone who loves reanimator effects and all their um, manifold forms, uh, Turgrid in some ways is a great gift. I'm worried that she, I didn't choose her because I'm worried that she's a little too... Even if she's not as powerful as she appears, I think the perspective of her power is going to really limit her functionality in games. Um mm. And I've always traditionally shied away from cards that are just really bonkers powerful on the face of them, that literally don't need anything else to to run away with things. And that's almost how she feels. So, steered away from her, my number one choice ended up being Haunting Voyage, which for four and two black, you get a sorcery at Mythic Rare. You say, mm-hmm. choose a creature type return up to two creatures of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If this spell was foretold, return all creature cards of the type from your graveyard, of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield instead. And its foretell cost is five and two black, so it's actually more expensive to foretell. Uh, Foretell is a new mechanic that has you, you can pay two and exile the card from hand, and then it's an exile and you can cast it later from exile for its foretell cost. So you essentially end up paying nine mana to do this. So it's a mythic. Yeah, but you, you can foretell. stow it away early and wait for it when you need it. Yes, and that kind of that kind of protects it out. Yeah. But but you do also obviously you foretell it. You know you let your opponent know that you've got it that you might be casting it later. You kind of give sure. prior you warning foretell to them, so face a, down. Yeah. Oh, do you foretell yeah. face down? Oh, that's that's beneficial. Um, I mean, it's it's gonna be like Den Protector. People knew yeah. a lot of the times the morph was Den Protector because there weren't a lot of great <laughs> ones. Like you're, yeah. they're probably gonna be like it's probably the thing. <laughs> yeah, unless you play a couple foretell cards in a multicolor deck. Yeah. So yeah. haunting voyage. Uh, one of the things I've noticed as a as a dedicated reanimator player is that reanimate effects are generally stuck at five mana. Uh, we, we've only very rarely seen reanimate effects at other CMCs without some pretty 
Hefty cons- cost, yeah. Well, considerable conditions or hoops that you have to jump through to qualify. So, like, obviously, you go back to the olden days, you have reanimate for a single mana, but you're going to lose life equal to the CMC of whatever you're bringing back. So the more powerful the thing mm-hmm. you're bringing back, the more life you're going to lose. You had Raise Dead, which is arguably the best two mana to bring it back at, at one less power. Uh, Dread Return, still a staple in a, lot of conf- in, in a lot of competitive formats at four mana and has the buyback for sacrificing three creatures. Uh, ever since then, we've kind of been stuck at like that five mana zone um and so haunting voyage at six mana getting two creatures back for that cost breaking it down you're essentially paying three mana per creature returned a much better rate you're getting twice as many creatures but the increased mana cost means you know you're putting it off till later turns uh there are i mean spike players are going to look at this and you can bring mike and ike out of the graveyard with one card and you're off to the races, infinite combo for the win. And there, I'm sure there are tons of other two-card combos that you could do this with. Uh, but I love the value. You're getting two creatures back. I especially really like the Fortel as like a uh, the Fortel as like a special condition. So my pet deck is a Night Reanimator deck, and this is exactly what mm-hmm. I would want for that deck: the ability to return all knights from my graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, the only thing that's missing, I got a little spoiled when we went back to Rav- Return to Return to Ravnica, and we got uh, Pact of Return, <laughs> uh, which give, mm-hmm. for five five mana still gets the creature from graveyard onto the battlefield, but also gave it haste, and that really that was such a quality of life improvement, the ability to give haste to the creature you bring back right out of the gate. Um, and I, I would kind of like to see that on this card, just that big, splashy uh, mono-black finisher. I wouldn't even have cared if they'd stack the foretell cost to make it more stilted towards mono black. Make it four and three black, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Twisted a little more. I did misspeak uh, because obviously you're restricted by creature type, the creatures that you can bring back. So Mike and Ike probably wouldn't qualify. Uh, you just play because, your, yeah. your blue deck or conspiracy to make everything have the same creature type. Yeah, there are there are workarounds for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, all the changelings. Yeah, this clearly just reads return two target changelings. (laughs) Just bring all the changelings back. So any any I'm really thrilled overall at the amount of reanimation effects in this set and haunting voyage. You know, to get a myth again a mythic rare that's reanimation focused. I feel like it's been a while since we've really seen that in a meaningful sense. I know we had the the modal face dual card and Zendikar rising, but I think it's a little more conditional. I I really like haunting Mm. voyage. Okay, let's, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can see why, because, yeah, you are definitely the reanimator guy. Mono black for, sure. for life. <laughs> uh, speaking of mono black, um, the card that I'm going to be talking about starts as mono black. It turns into a, a uh, black red. But, um, so, Valky, God of Lies, and Tybalt, Cosmic Imp- Imposter. Um, I really picked this for the Valky side. Um, the Tybalt side is okay to me. Uh, I'm not super excited about it, but the Valky being, um, the idea for, for me is this, this being your commander at two. And if you're going up against decks where they have a lot of big creatures, like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Like... Um, all of those, uh, I don't, I can't remember what their name is, but I hate them so much. 
Um, <laughs> Butcher, Kozlik. Uh, Eldrazi. Eldrazi. Yeah. yeah, so people normally have those in Commander now because uh, people suck. And <laughs> so anyways, yeah, so it's one black for a god, and that's all his creature type is, just god. Um, for a 2-1, when Valky enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they revealed this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. Granted, he has to stick for this to work, but for X, choose target creature exiled with Valky, uh, when with commercial value cost of X, Valky becomes a copy of that card. You just you can essentially, if you're in a four-player game, you can just switch him between three different cards at will no. <laughs> with the mana. He doesn't say he keeps that ability. He can change once. Oh, okay, just once. Okay, still good. Uh, still really again. good for two. Like you said, exiling big threats from your opponent's hands can be very worthwhile, even if you don't get a capitalize. I mean, all you need to do, like, it's just a beefy black cat, you know, a little better than them discarding prof, quite possibly. Yeah, but I mean, the ability to say, okay, you don't get to have this, but I do, and you can never interact with that card again. Like, I mean, that, get that'll hurt some decks. Huh? They get them back when Valky leaves. Sure. But not really. You get to, like, I I understand that. There are limitations of this card. I still like the idea of taking it away. Right? And especially if you you put down down something that is hard to remove, like, let's say, um, the I Can't Even card. Like, that'd be really hard to get rid of. And keep for yourself. So I like the idea of taking something away and using it for your own purposes. Um, for something that's like really trolly. Like really, or, or just a pain to deal with. Like Eldrazi. Um, the Tybalt side is uh, 5 generic and a black red for a 5 loyalty planeswalker. Um, as Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with, you may play cards exiled with Tybalt, Cosmic, Imposter, uh, and you may spend mana as though it were any color uh, to cast those spells, and as a plus two, exile the top card of each player's library, uh, minus three, exile target, artifact, or creature, and then minus eight, exile all cards from all graveyards, and add red, red, red. Um, probably the best Tybalt that's been printed so far <laughs> um but not Three drop like, was pretty good overly busted yeah for tybalt this is amazing this is <laughs> tybalt fans are in over the moon um I, we do have one one tybalt fan that uh resides nearby that is probably excited yeah but uh i think i think i like valky more than tybalt because i just like the idea of like here Put this aside. Okay, now I'm this. <laughs> I have heard yeah. some rumblings, though, of things that let you cast a card and being able mm-hmm. to check that Valky is able to be cast, so instead you can cast Tibble. Yes, that is true. So I think the one that they talked about specifically was Cascade. Yeah. 
Okay. Not that I think Tybalt's going to be an ender uh, of all happiness, but he's the prospect of him... Well, it's just like the prospect oh, yeah. of the card advantage and everything that you can get from... You know, he, he meets the rules. He protects himself yeah. by exiling an artifact or creature. He gives you card advantage when he's safe. He gives you permanent access to those cards with his emblem. Yep. Yes. And, like, it's kind of funky that he exiles all cards from all graveyards and things he's read, but you can play cards exiled with Tibble. So, mm-hmm. you're actually <laughs> yeah. rebuying your own graveyard by exiling your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It's funny, because if you forget his top line, his minus eight seems a little flat. Yeah. And re- remembering the top line of that side <laughs> of the card is oh, really oh. rough. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and and it gives you the mana to do that too, the, or at least to start doing something. Yeah, yeah. The bit the biggest downside to Valky, apart from giving the cards back to your opponent, is that because he's already on the battlefield when he becomes the copy, you you lose out on any enter the battlefield triggers. Um, sure. So they're they're I mean, but but I I still I like both sides. I think it's a good card. He has another card that makes my favorite card, Phyrexian Dreadnought, a little better. Because if someone mm-hmm. happens to be playing Dreadnought, you can go, uh-oh, this game got fast. <laughs> Exile it from their hand, pay it, pay one. You don't Copy have to worry about the ETB because he's already in play. Have a 12-12 commander. <laughs> don't forget, it's got Trample. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also has that that very powerful effect of just seeing people's hands too. Yeah, like that that is not to be underestimated. Very true. Yeah. There's a reason Gataxian Probe was banned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean So that, I mean if I were to it's... pick a commander out of this this um set, he's my number two outside of uh uh coma. Had some really oh. fun discussions with playing him as a mono red deck because he is the Lord of Lies, and his identity mm-hmm. is red black. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's kind of like the uh, oh that's the, true the pure and toothy. You're you're actually just playing a 99 card green deck. Red toothy's your yeah. toothy's your other commander, but you actually can't cast because <laughs> he's imaginary. Yeah. Hmm. So that that's something like you only can cast it with mana from like mana rocks or something. <laughs> <laughs> like it yeah. flavor wise would be great, but that's when you finally do it turn four. You're like, hey, look, I got a mana rock, and then then you look at everybody's hand like, oh, we're playing a serious game. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, here's a lightning bolt, whimper. I like that he is an imposter for a god. It's funny. I like the idea there too. Yeah. I'm just masquerading as a god. Um, <laughs> I do like the alternate art for Tybalt. I'm not a huge fan of the one for Valky. Um, this is another like one the... that has another art version. Yeah. See, yeah, this has there's another the... one because there's a borderless. Because Planeswalkers have borderless versions. Yes, the bo- and the borderless version I don't I don't care for. I definitely like the showcase version. Yeah, borderless I don't know. Tybalt? Are we talking about? Or yeah, borderless? well, Valky, both sides have, because it's one card. There's borderless for both. There's 
showcase and then normal. Yeah, the, I don't the know. Show, yeah, the uh, the borderless kind of has like an Alex Ross hyper realistic kind of vibe, at least with the Valky side, mm-hmm. where it looks more and Tibble. Uh, like the Tibble side too, but just where Tibble's a devil, he's very clearly not mm. human. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, which one I, I think I the showcase does a little more for the, like you can kind of tell that's Tibble shaded. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then the other kinda, the other half, f- he's got it. He pulled up his hood. Ha ha! It was me. Would you say? Whereas, it fore- would you say it foretells it better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really like the borderless ones at all. Really. <laughs> I like the showcase, um, but the but I do like the original art for um, Valky the most. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I like one or the other, but you can't you you can't like it. it like you can't have a one that's one different style than the other. So, eh. right. Guess we didn't note that. Like I think the mythics that are the pseudo cycle of the foretell cards and the red and green foretell creatures mm-hmm. actually their borderless art is different it's not just cropped there's different <laughs> artwork oh i'm seeing God. that on haunting voyage actually has different art i i like the haunting voyage borderless art i was really the the giant berserker the the Quakebringer is the one that, like, I know that looks different, but I kind of referenced it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that I didn't like any of the Giants any better than I did. I mean, t- they're fine. Yeah, for for <clears> a <throat> Nordic they, set, they're, um, you kind of hoped that they were They just didn't more. really, uh, didn't really blow my I mean, I up, like you know? the, uh, the red. I like blue. having a Draugr. Like, a, having a Draugr is a really good flavor for that. Agar almost made my list for like the overkill wizards and stuff. Like, yeah, there's some real, real uh, good stuff. The, I think uh, they, they suffered from the it's one set. Like this would have been great to get over two sets. Oh yeah, the uh, the showcase art on Narfi Betrayer King, the Demir Zombie Wizard. Holy crap, man, that's good. Hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. No, that's Whoa. good, yeah. <laughs> Looks like the Lich King. Yeah, almost. that is real freaking good. Without, he... you know, entirely copying it. It's, yeah. It's its own thing. But, you know, one thing, we are at the end now, aren't we? Yes, that was yes. my last one. Now that we're at the end, there's at least one thing we kind of need to touch on. Because there's ten of them, I didn't choose one of them. Yes. But we actually got dual-colored Snowlands. So you have, like, Alpine Meadow. It's the red-white one. It mm-hmm. enters a battlefield tap. It taps for a red or a white. It has land types. Mm-hmm. Fetchable duels at common. And, and they're is, common. <laughs> like, that is huge. Huge, huge, huge. I mm-hmm. am so happy but shocked. Like... <laughs> is that a bad pun? <laughs> Since the other fetchable lands are shocks. Uh... I don't know. It's it's like, okay, so I think of what are the things that have been fetchable that we've got that are new? Okay, there are uh, the, the bicycle lands. 
Okay, you can pay two and cycle them, or they come into play tap and tap for two. Well, we don't have those for enemy colors. And if you're fetching them, functionally they're just a tap land. Okay, we have the, the, what are they, triomes? Okay, another yeah, tap man. land with types that's new. Can't yep. play them in your two-color deck, so there's a little bit of downside if you don't you didn't really earn another enemy color land. But there's another the uh, Battle for Zendikar. And I think those are only ally colors, where they check for two basics and then they can be untapped. Yeah, and if you fetch right. them early, they're just tapped. So yes. We've got something that I assumed they would have put the rare stamp on, put half of it in this set, promised to give us the enemy colors, and get it five years later at Common. Like, yeah. No, it's... Uh, I, I go back to what I said about Call and what we talked about with Coma. Uh, rewarding good design space, this is long overdue. If, they're, if Wizards is going to stick to their guns and refuse to reprint fetches and refuse to reprint shocks at a meaningful rate... Uh, and refuse to give players viable, you know, good lands that can come into play untapped. We need budget alternatives, and these are, I think, absolutely it. These are a slam dunk. Yeah, I think they're I'm, cool. I'm just I, the fact that there's snow on top of everything else too. It's just like, wow. I was a little dismayed from seeing the uh, collector booster breakdown that five of the slots were lands. And like, oh, you know, I have basic snow lands from getting too much of... Modern Horizons. Modern Horizons. (laughs) Mm. But the fact that those slots can be these, like, oh, they're dual lands, and there were comes into play tap, no upside dual snow lands, I think, before. But these having types, that... It's big. It's big. It's great. Like... They but probably it, don't warp competitive commander, but all of my two color enemy color decks that are things I would got, happily play, they got another land that's common because yeah. you know even though my oh what's her name Jara Weatherlight Captain deck has a lot of the vibes of the terribly very good one, you know you you play like four dual lands. Because that's all you can really play. <laughs> yeah. Not going to play the Guild Gate. You, and now we have a reasonable, fetchable two color land. When you, because that you know some of the decks don't really function really needing the other color a lot. But yeah, this is this is big. Like this is cake eating the cake, getting next year's cake. <laughs> and then they weld them together with frosting. Like <laughs> frosting, nice one, good wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> like because they're snowlands. They're common, yeah. so hopefully their price will be really contained. But you know, this is well, something that I see being a dollar uh, common is, because you'll want to say these but are going to be expensive commons. It becomes yeah, that becomes the edge of the coin. Do do they decide to reprint them at a regular pace? Now, obviously, the snow thing is very specific to this set. So what we need is a common cycle. Or hell, they could upshift it to uncommon, but give us the same thing. 
in a regular set. There's no reason they couldn't. And again, the, the player base that benefits the most is the commander player base because the ability to fetch your colors and improve the consistency mm-hmm. of your deck is what's critical. The, those kind of lands aren't going to break modern. They're not going to break probably not even pioneer. They're certainly not going to do anything to legacy. So again, if if they're not going to reprint, Popper might be the place that these Popper, awful, awful things. I don't know though. I still think even in Popper coming into play tapped is a big enough drawback. I think that really, I think that really holds them back. Hmm. I do believe some of the there are three color nonsense Popper decks. What the little bit that I played years ago, like there were like Abzan. <laughs> clickety clacky like i was thinking of a hit and miss engine like i'll grind you to dust because Mm. i will just get too much value and you know basically getting a look at them and go you're a guild gate wink right but now you could potentially have land synergies like reference how many forests you have in play and it gets to count i don't know if any of that pops up that's those are the things like i think could matter maybe they don't popper i don't know i don't play it but yeah there's potential. But, yeah, again, it's a design space that I'm glad to see them entering. So I hope they continue. Like, the disaster is if they give us these now and we never get anything like them ever again. Then five years from now, ten years from now, these are like $10, $15 commons because everybody yep. needs them. Or wants them, at least, yeah. Jeez, I don't want to have to order more of these. <laughs> well, it's definitely it's, like need two of each and then hopefully that will sate my ravenous heart for opening magic packs yeah we'll see probably not probably not that's that's been the worst <laughs> thing i've spent like ikoria was the worst i spent that whole first stimulus check on pre-ordering ikoria stuff and that was turned out to be not a great set. <laughs> I loved it. I loved opening it. Godzilla is king. You know, the my luck with opening good box toppers probably has a lot to do with my love of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Are we we ready got to... everything. We got the Ghidorah. Are we, are we ready to hit stop on recording or... No, um, we, need to I will, do an outro we gotta do a, ratings. We, no, we gotta do our setting, our ratings. Um, oh, right, so, right, right, right. Um, so, Johns, what what do you rate this set? Uh, I'm. We're, we're gonna move past the a million out of ten. Gideon's still dead, and just say this is eleven out of ten. There are things that I hoped to see that are there, and they're great. And I think it's 12 or 13 new gods, snow dual lands, representation for the world tree as a card that we didn't talk about. It's a great set. I'm. It, it puts another set that I'm sad it's coming out in COVID and I'm not going to be drafting and playing this vividly for, you know, not trying to be around people as much. Like it's just another great magic set that the timing of the world is going to shrink its impact unfortunately Mm -hmm. okay matt what's your rating 
Yeah, I quite agree from the from the spot on flavor. Uh, it's powerful, fun. It seems really interesting. A lot of cards that I'm interested to get a hold of and play with. Uh, I will give it 666. Throw up the devil's horns for the metal gods. <laughs> um. So I'm going to give this a five-headed, very sad Hydra. Um, it is it is a good set. I enjoy it. Um, it is... There's a lot of cool cards. I love the flavor. I love a lot of the art. Even though some of it's messy in, in the promo stuff, I still like the style. Um, a lot of great stuff. There's a lot of stuff that is actively going to be going in my decks for once, even though I only have a few decks. Um, but it's a sad Hydra because there's no Hydras. So and I, <laughs> I just, I have no, I have no, there's the collector, the magic collector in me has zero reasons to buy this set. Um, but the commander player has a couple good cards to work with. So there we go. Um, so yeah. So thanks for listening, folks. A uh, bit of a long one because there was a lot to talk about. Honestly, this is quite a complicated and different set. Um, this is uh, Fortswan or Cham. You can catch me at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter. Uh, be looking out. This is we now have five shows going, uh, including this show. We also have Bickering Bucks, which is the semi-monthly game review. We have the weekly show, which is focused a lot on Monster Hunter right now with the new game coming out. Uh, we have the D&D campaign that's currently on hiatus because of uh, things. But then we also have Monster Talk, where we talk about D&D monsters um, starting up very soon uh, as a weekly show. So with all that said, uh, Matt, where can we find you? Uh, Matt, Thothamon 9, you can find me nowhere at present. Okay. Maybe in the Discord if you decide to answer. <laughs> oh yeah yeah sure if anybody has yeah. questions or comments i will definitely check the discord sure uh and then same with darth uh you can't be found anywhere but the discord um do join our discord we do talk about magic occasionally it's not too often lately with all the covid stuff not all of us have been playing um but hey if you're also a monster Hunter fan we do a lot of hunting together probably more tonight so uh thanks for listening and catch you next time